awesome the shift that's taken place in the church, in the world. Um, just even seeing it in these songs here. We started out with, I got a huge lump in my throat because when this is your kid, you know, he takes a second. Started out with, um, you're after my heart. Then we went to, I give you my heart. <laughs> then we went to, your heart won't stop coming after me. <laughs> and there's no end to your affection. You know, there was a time when everything was about what we, like we could do anything for God, but it was about what we could do for God. And that's kind of how I was raised, is everything was about how much affection and devotion I had for God. How much can I give Him? All to Jesus I surrender. And that's true, but it's a part of it. Because we love Him, why? Because He loved us first. And there is a, a, a it, it's just beginning, really, even though it's been a huge movement in the earth, the song, Good, Good Father. You're a good, good father. I mean, that's, you know, in, in Oral Roberts' day, he was a heretic for saying that. He said God was good. That was what he got in trouble for, right? People just thought, oh, my, you can't say that. Seriously, you can't say God is good? But, but that song, Good, Good Father, it's like an anthem. Um, that song, you love us or he loves us. We sing it, you love us. Oh, how you love us. It's, it's, it's the heart of God in the earth. And I love the place that we're, that we're at, but we're, we haven't arrived. You know, we're still on this pace and it's like really accelerated and, and pushing us into this realm that the world has never known because people have to see the real Jesus. People have got to see the true nature and character of God. That is the answer for the world. And, uh, I'm, you know, I'm really excited to be... Thank you guys so much. Don't go very far, though, especially you demons. Did you give him a, all these guys a hand? Oh, my goodness. What was I saying? I got these. I got. Have you? How many Keith Moore fans are there in the house? How many of you watch Keith Moore? Then this looks familiar, right? The folded piece of paper. Me and Jay, I've been trying to figure out the notes thing because usually I'm ministering with a guitar in my hands, and so I've I've watched Brother Keith so much. I'm like, that looks like it could work because then you can fold the paper, flip it over, and then I found out that he's got like all these halves of paper that have all these things and he just like picks them on the fly. So I got that anointing today. Um, I'm so, you know, when we first came into this group of people, um, the thing that people would ref reference if I said we were coming to do one of these was the song. What's the song? We are family. How does it go? Family, family. You guys are known as family. It was an emphasis uh, at the beginning of this thing, right? And it feels like family. How many of you feel at home here? I'm like a newcomer. I know some of you guys have been around for years and years and years. 
And uh, I'm just so thankful. Can I just say how thankful I am for these people? <laughs> this, this was on the wall of the church back there. And me and Jen fought over who would get to show the picture. Um, now, I, I didn't know Buddy, but we listened to Buddy teach. There was actually one of his teachings that had a profound impact on our life before we went to heaven and before we met, knew any of you guys or met any of you guys. And, um, but I really do believe, I feel like I know him because the spirit of every story that I hear and what people say about Buddy, I feel here. Like, I totally believe that. And, uh, and Miss Pat, I love you so much. And, and I just want to say thank you for all the years that you guys spent fighting I know it wasn't always easy. I know, I know you guys made it a lot easier for us, and it's hard sometimes. <laughs> but you guys are just, you're warriors and champions in our eyes. And I'm so thankful for you and my other spiritual mothers and fathers. And I'm just so thankful for the supply that you continue to give to us. Um, you really paved the way. And, uh, and I see it like this thick, you know, there's these thick woods before there's a way cut through them, it's just like looks impossible to get through. But these mothers and fathers in the faith just went through chopping and working. I mean, they were really hard workers. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and they made that path clear for us to walk through. And they went through persecution and hard times. And, and I, don't, I don't take it lightly. Thank you so much. And uh, it's such an honor to get to be in a room where you are. And so usually I try not to think about it because it's so intimidating. But... Um, but, uh, but we love you so much and so thankful and we're just, we're always drawing on you. you. I don't know if you feel it or not, but when we're in the room with you, even if we're on the back row, we're pulling on the gift of God in you and, and we believe that your latter years are greater than your former years and God's opening up new doors. The world needs what you have. This next generation needs what you have and, and, uh, so we're believing God for that and we love you and honor you. Um, I'm here because my people are here, I guess is, is one way to say it. Um, it's, nobody had to twist my arm to get me to come here. Um, I'm in love with you guys. Um, Fred and Cookie, oh my gosh. Just the, the, the sweetness of God that's on the inside of both you guys. Um, I cannot wait to hear you speak tonight, Fred. Um, just what's on the inside of you. There's something that clicks when we get together, even if it's a month. I'm trying to think the last time we were together. We t we've talked on the phone a few times, but was it Tulsa? Um, but you know what? When we get back together, it's like instant click. There's no script. Um, it takes no time for us to just start talking. It could be nonsense and funny, or it could be uh, deep, deep, deep stuff with God. You know, Fred and Cookie are the kind of people that you have got like a mouthful of nachos at, at Cheddar's and all of a sudden they, the presence of God hits and they start praying in tongues and interpretation and like change your life. Then you're crying with nachos <laughs> falling out of your nose. Uh, but those are, those, are the kind of, those are the kind of people that they are. And, uh, and this is our tribe. And it's never been, been more important than now to find your tribe and to get connected to 
who you are supposed to be connected to on the earth. Um, you can't be connected to everybody. I see it. I've been traveling with the Copelands for like 20 years, and there are people that think they're supposed to be personally connected to one guy who has influence over millions, and they're just not supposed to be. Some of them you meet, and you're like, you're not supposed to be. <laughs> you're not supposed to have a conversation with Kenneth Copeland. But... Um, <laughs> Y'all know what I mean. Most of y'all are pastors. Um, so, but there are people, for those people and for me, that, that we're supposed to be connected to. That we can only get the life flow that's ours from them. Um, and, and, you know, the, 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 Jesus talked about the body being fitly joined together and how there's only a certain supply that you can get when you're connected in the right place. You know, this thumb would be terrible coming out of my shoulder. I don't know what I would do with it, really. I mean, I could scratch your, you know, back or whatever with my thumb, but, but just getting get positioned. I believe God's doing that. And, and so I just want to encourage you. Something that Sherry and I are doing is we're really, a prayer we've been praying for a few years is, God, those relationships that are from heaven, that are going to really have an impact in the earth, draw us closer to those people and cause those to flourish. And the ones that are time wasters, and I'm not being ugly by saying this, but some people and some things are just time wasters. And there's not that life. When I get around Fred and Cookie, I'm like excited. Let's go. Let's, when I say let's go, I mean let's all sit in our pajamas and you know, talk about the word, drink coffee all day. But it's like I, I, they energize me and there's a life flow. They don't drain me. I understand there's time for ministry with people where you're like, oh, I spent three hours talking to them, but it was a thing God asked you to do. I'm talking about, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the people that are in your life, your people, your tribe. So Sherry and I pray that. Draw us together. Get us closer with those people that you have for us that are going to be of most benefit to the kingdom. And the ones that are not, and it may be people that have been in your life for a long time that you really love, just, you know, just cause a distance. We want to love them still, and we want, still want to be in their lives, but just allow... Um, allow that distance to be there. And so we know that this is one of those God um, connections for us. And I believe that many of you feel that. Um, there's nothing exclusive about FCF, but there, there are people that belong in this organization, in this family. I don't even want to call it an organization because it's not really. Um, but there's, there's special things that happen that reach far beyond the four walls Jen, when you were ministering and we were praying, like we change stuff for the world when, when we're connected in the right way. And there's that life flow. Um, y'all still hungry? Ready for lunch? Okay, it's coming. Um, let's, let me read this scripture to you um, in Ephesians 4, verse 16. This is the NIV. Um, but, you know, you, anytime I get up to speak, I'm going to talk about the family, uh, either a natural family or the family of... God, and I, we, believe, we believe that family is the language of heaven. We really believe that. And I see Jesus coming and introducing that in his ministry bigger than I've ever seen it before. When Jesus came on the scene, for us it's normal to think about God as Father. But when Jesus said, I am the Son of God, that freaked people out. Because they knew God as the judge and destroyer. And there was such a distance, such a disconnect. 
the intimate connection of a father-son relationship was a long ways from people's minds because God was a uh, was really a list of stuff to do, um, and so we believe that that that's part of what's happening in the earth today. That song, "Good Good Father," I love that song, and 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 uh, we're writing songs like that that talk about our identity and 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 who we are in Christ, and and that we have sonship too. You know, that's a great thing to think about, that God sees us as Jesus. Man, I bet Oral Roberts would have gotten in trouble for that. <laughs> but it's a reality that we have to step into um, in order to do what we're supposed to do. And so, so we, family is something that Jesus brought to the earth. And, and so, you know, I travel with my family. It's, I'm standing in my dream um, and getting to be out and travel with them. But in that, God has kind of unveiled to us the, the importance of us realizing that we're a family and the importance of being connected in the way that we're supposed to be connected in. So let's read um, Ephesians 4. This is verse 2. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit. We are supposed to be as one as God is with the Son and the Holy Spirit. There is a oneness for us not only to be one with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but also with each other. It's a body. You don't, you don't look at a body and go, oh, look at those arms. Look at those legs. I mean, if I'm looking at Sherry, I may occasionally. But you, you, you don't separate the body into its parts. And that's the, you know, Jesus used that as an example, as an example of us. Um, just as you were called to one hope when you were called one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. But to each one of us, grace and I've got this new definition of grace that I've heard recently that I love. And it's the operational power of God. Power that's working in you. It's doing something. So I'm going to read it like this. But to each one of you, the operational power of God has been given as Christ apportioned it. So Christ himself, this is jumping down to verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Did you know that all those gifts didn't come into your life and weren't given to you just so that your ministry could get big? Or just so your church could grow? Those things happen. But the purpose of those things are so that the body of Christ may be built up. So the purpose of those things is so that people can grow. We can build the body of Christ up. Until we reach the unity of faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of fullness 
in Christ. How many want the whole measure of the fullness in Christ? Twelve people want the whole measure. How many, how many want the whole measure of the fullness of Christ? I'm going to wait till every hand comes up because I'm a faith man. <laughs> then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the ways and blown here and there by the very wind of te- every wind of teaching and by the count- cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of Him who is the head, that is Christ. From Him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. I'll tell you, there are, I'm so happy that you're here because there are things that can only happen when you're in a room like this. Is this microphone cutting in and out? Um, Jen said, somebody else said no, but she was like, yeah, once. <laughs> Should I switch to the other thing? Okay. Um, see, that's my gift of ADHD, that, those kind of things. When we were in, um, you've heard that, that, that saying, birds of a feather, of a feather. birds of a feather <laughs> flock together. I've heard that my whole life, but I never really realized what that truly means. And um, it's the goose, you know. You can take a goose and put them, you take the egg and put it in an incubator in your house. This goose has never seen another goose, right? This goose has never been anywhere but Saginaw, Texas in your backyard. But once that goose cracks that egg and grows, at a certain time of year, the goose will take off and it will join the other geese and fly a certain direction. And so don't, there's a reason that you're in this room. There's a reason that we're here and you're here, and that's because birds of a feather flock together. We always just wind up in the same places together. I've seen lots of you at other meetings where other birds were, like us, other gooses. And, and there are certain friends, like you just see them like, oh, they're, he's, they're here too. You know, you just, birds of a feather flock together. We, it's not hard to figure out where you belong. And, uh, and, and I love modern technology. I love streaming. We stream all the time. I mean, we are, if we get a weekend off, we are Sunday in the bed waking up in time to stream it, you know. And uh, now, for meetings like this, we have to get up super early because we want to maximize the day. Um, so we do get up early sometimes. But I love, I love streaming. I love the, the availability of the word being everywhere. But when you're supposed to be somewhere, you're supposed to be there. Because there are only certain things that can happen in this environment. Because God gave gifts to people to build up and cause people (laughs) to grow and to get strong and to, as the scripture said, become mature. Um, I shared this testimony in Tulsa. Um, We just finished this record, The New Sound is Family. 
and they're songs about who you are in Christ. And, and it's, this is volume one, and so there are many volumes to come, and we've got the songs for the next volume and probably some into the, the one after that. But, man, making that record was a booger, man. It, and I own my own studio, and I know great musicians, and I, but it, just the time to do it and the opposition that was there at every turn, it was one of the hardest things that we've ever been through. Um, it's, it was a fight of faith to get it done. And I've made tons of records, hundreds probably with other people, and, uh, and lots for us. We've done like six or seven records in the past with the, when we were touring with our band and stuff. But this record, going into it, I thought, oh, God wants us to do that. Oh, that'll be easy. But it was not. <laughs> and when we were in Boston at the Boston meeting this year, um, we, were, we were standing in faith this whole time, you know, and, and believing God, but it was a fight of faith. And you know, y'all know what I'm talking about. And Jen uh, got up to preach that Monday night and had a word for us, for our family. Now y'all going to make me cry again. Um, and it, you talk about hitting the nail on the head. That word was what we had to have in order to do what God had called us to do. I believe that a thousand percent. She spoke... God's word from heaven to us. God gave the gift of prophecy to her. So from heaven, she released into us the word that we needed to do it and complete it. So that word finished that record, Jen. And um, we get out the, somebody recorded it on their phone or something. I mean, we got it. We, we typed it up. Sherry typed it up. And uh, we got it out, and, and we read it every day, and we confessed it and declared it out. And then another uh, minister, we were at a, a, a conference, and he had a word for us. And, man, those words became weapons in our hand. And the way that we stirred up our faith in obedience to what God was asking us to do was we got out those words, and we started slicing and dicing through those circumstances to get to the other side of it. But that could not have happened if that gift wouldn't have been released over us. So you see the flow and the importance. You know, if we wouldn't have been there, Jen wouldn't have seen us and go, can somebody call the Howells and give them this word? But there was a moment in time a divine appointment that God had for us in a room in Boston with people where there was a divine flow of life that took place. And, you know, now, there's a lot of people here, so everybody doesn't, that doesn't happen for everybody every time, but God knows what you need. And it could happen in the parking lot, or it could happen with the person that you're sitting next to, or it could just be something that God speaks to you directly, but God uses us to get things where, where they need to be. And that's, that's good. Does that make you want to have the gifts of God flowing in your life? You want a steady flow of the gifts of God in your life? How many want a steady flow of the gifts of God flowing through you? You see, when you do that thing at the front, then everybody raises their hand the next time. 
Um, here's the pattern for that. 1 Corinthians 14.1 Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Follow the way of love. Guys, it is so important that we allow love to rule and reign in us. And it requires faith and it requires determination. You know, people being connected and the gifts of God flowing through people are the answer for us. But there, there are other ways that we get sharpened by people. <laughs> and that is when somebody's being a knucklehead. And you have to choose to walk in love. But if we want the gifts of the Spirit flowing and working in our lives, then we have to observe love and let love be the filter that everything comes through. Um, I love this is something Brother Copeland's been saying every time he ministers. And, you know, he's probably said this a million times, but when he said it this time, I was like, oh, gosh. The primary purpose of words are not communication. There are a lot of different ways to communicate. The primary purpose of words are to release power. God spoke everything into existence when there was nobody else around. He released power into the earth. And just a side note on that, on that gift of prophecy... That's one of the primary uses God has for us in the earth. And it's not to just flap our mouths and to communicate. You know, judgment can come through our words. And gossip can come through our words. And we can really create a terrible outcome through our words. Because we're releasing power when we speak them. But if you, if you operate under, okay, everything that comes out of my mouth. We were just talking about this last night, Fred. God spoke to you and said... Whatever you say is what you're going to get. So watch what you say. That was just fresh and awesome for me, that the primary purpose of words is to release power. And I believe that's just one thing. It's, it's a huge primary thing. You know, the Bible says especially, especially prophecy, to, to seek the gifts, especially prophecy. And I'm shifting gears here a little bit. Um, Y'all still hungry? Ready for lunch? Getting closer. Um, the, knowing that is, is words are one of the, the primary ways that we bring heaven and we establish heaven in the earth with one another and just in the atmosphere in general when we speak things out. We have all been in that. Today was one of those days when Jen was praying and she began to speak things out. She was releasing power into the earth. And, um, and so I... I I um, uh, have, have been doing this word study and thinking about the kingdom of heaven and how that's our job. That's what Jesus came to do is establish the kingdom of heaven and the earth and how that's our job and one of the ways that we do it is through words. And so I'm thinking about all this stuff and God led me to this word study on heaven. And um, this a particular place was in Ephesians 1.3. And I got this new translation of the Bible that will rock your world. It's called the Mirror Bible. Has anybody heard of this before? Is it rocking your world? Dismissed. I mean, 
this thing is awesome. I mean, it's a Bible study. I've got uh, the version that has like just John through Revelation. It's like this thick, you know. And, um, and so uh, in Ephesians 1.3, it talks about how we're seated with Jesus in heavenly places. And that word heaven means in the perfect order of God or in harmony with heaven. And you know, I've heard lots of stories about people going to heaven and going and saying, oh, the music, the music. When Sherry's granddad passed away, um, he was like flat on his back and just out of it, you know, no response at all. But when his mom, uh, when her mom prayed over him and they released him to go to heaven, he sat up and went, oh, the music, the music. Um, so there's a lot of, you know, people talk about the music of heaven, the people that go on there, they say the flowers sing and all that kind of thing. But I believe that there is a, a, a resonant frequency of heaven that resonates in us. And as people, if you think about it this way from that scripture, um, and, and you start looking at heaven and establishing the kingdom of heaven, what we're really saying when we look at that definition of the word heaven is establishing harmony with heaven in the earth. Now, all of us are full of the Holy Spirit. We're all got that thing that the, that the, the geese have, that magnetic thing in the earth or whatever it is that pulls them that direction a certain time of the year. And, and so it's built in, they know. And there's something in us and he, that's connected with heaven since we're seated with Jesus in the place of perfect harmony of heaven that we can sense and know something's out of harmony here. How many of you have walked into a situation or, and you just knew something's out of harmony? Let, let's, D, let's prove it. How many musicians are here? How many of you are not musicians? Okay, most of you are not musicians. Okay, so I'm talking to you. Play something amazing, D. Play something beautiful. Oh, let's get somebody to turn the keys on, and then we'll play. Oh, there we go. If anybody hasn't accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Now, what's amazing is that's 12 notes. Right? There are 12. All that is happening from 12 notes. Just 12. Now, does that sound good to everybody? If you're, who's not a musician? Okay. The people that are not musicians and do not play the keyboard, does that sound right? Yeah. Sounds good. Just move one note, D. Play all the notes like 12, 1, 2, okay. <laughs> Do it a couple times. Now we have the same 12 notes, correct? You did not add any notes. There, no other notes exist, people. 12 notes. Play the beautiful thing again. Now just play everything. Something sound wrong about that? Yeah. 
Okay. Thank you, D. Um, I don't know. We're kind of picking on D this week in a good way, right? We know when something's out of harmony. So we are commissioned by God to establish the harmony of heaven in the earth. And I'm talking about relationally. Um, we all, I think we all know what I mean when I say harmony, relationally, to bring harmony. That should be a goal of ours. If there's a rift with somebody and we have a voice in their life, to bring harmony, to bring peace. Why? Because we want the harmony of heaven to be here. We know Jesus said, pray this way, on earth as it is in heaven. So we have the responsibility. I wrote, I wrote uh, this down. I thought it was a great way. I saw this in, the, in my study Bible. God uses people to restore the standard of heaven in the earth. Um, how many of you have ever been healed in church? You received a healing. Did that, were, how many of you that happened when somebody laid hands on you? Almost 100%. It does happen the other way. Healing restores the standard of heaven. Healing uh, brings things into harmony with heaven. Um, oh, here's a good one. Forgiveness restores a standard. Can you imagine how much unforgiveness is in heaven? Zero. Can you imagine how much sickness is in heaven? Zero. So you start thinking about things like healing, how important it is to allow that to flow through you for somebody that's in pain and sick and hurting. It's not just a matter of I'm going to do this because I can. It's this is my mandate from heaven to bring harmony into this situation, to bring heaven into um, this situation. You know, forgiveness is a big, uh, it's a big one. When I first started hearing the faith message, I heard Mark 11, 23, and 24, which we can all quote, right? Everybody knows Mark 11, 23, and 24, right? And it wasn't until years later until I heard 25. <laughs> if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them. Our faith works by that love and allowing forgiveness to flow. Um, uh, Calling out identity, that restores a standard. You know, a lot of people don't know who they are. And the power that you have to simple gift of prophecy, just to walk up to another human being and say, I believe in you. You're going to make it. I know times have been tough, but I'm telling you, you are going to make it through this. You're going to do this. Now, that doesn't even require anybody being up on a, a platform or knowing anything about you. That's the person working at Starbucks I don't know what you're going through but there's a strength that's about to come on you and God hasn't forgotten you and you're not alone and he loves you things are about to change in your life how many times a day do you think people get told something like that so when you do it you're releasing power and you're bringing things into harmony your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, or in harmony, you could say, as, in, as it is in heaven. Bringing that alignment to every relationship and every situation um, 
that we're in. And I, I just sense, you know, when I'm thinking about this harmony thing, and of course I'm a musician, everybody's still ready for lunch, right? <laughs> when, we, when we think about that, um, we think about, um, I, can't, I can't help but think about just the different things that people are going through being raised in a pastor's home and just being in ministry in general. There's something that's sweeter about it when I think about Instead of, you know, just fix this, God, when I think, God, bring this into harmony with heaven. Dee, would you pop back up just for a second? Um, and I, I, I feel like the, Lord, the word that the Lord gave me in, for this meeting, for this time, and I know we're just getting started, um, but if you could keep this mindset throughout the rest of these meetings, that God is bringing things into alignment. Just like the beautiful chords coming together to create a masterpiece on the piano, in song when we're in here worshiping, as we worship, reach out and grab what you need out of that place to bring harmony. And, uh, and, and, and alignment to the things in your life that you're believing God for. I believe that if we set ourselves right now in this moment, throughout the rest of this meeting, I know that God's going to bring some things into alignment and make them right. Um, there's somebody here whose marriage is, is in a, a bad spot. And, uh, and the Lord's saying, if you will submit to this time and fully give yourself, fully lean into God, in these meetings, that marriage is going to come into harmony. And, uh, and so I don't know who that is, but I know specifically that's one thing. Uh, and it would be worth all of us coming out to Tucson for <laughs> for that one thing. But that's God's word to you that it's, it's, he's going to restore and bring it into harmony. And so um, I think I'm done. Um, but I want to, um, we're going to take a moment and just seal this up before we go eat. And um, just pray a prayer and receive in the rest of these meetings that alignment for ourselves. And just a greater sensitivity. Um, I believe that some of you, there are some areas where there's forgiveness needs to be released. And so it's the second that I said that just now, you know exactly who I'm talking about and the situation I'm talking about. Go get on your phone and just humble yourself and restore that. Um, every time we do that, that's a seed. And we're not only establishing the kingdom of God in the earth in that situation and bringing harmony to that situation, but we're also unlocking something in our future. So um, uh, let's fully embrace this. And it's some of it's a little practical, but God's going to do something amazing. If you guys will just be faithful just to do those little seeds, make those little phone calls just even today. And then... Um, Let's just be in a place of faith and expectancy for the rest of these meetings. Um, Fred, would you help me pray? I'm going to pray about harmony, and then I want you to pray about love. Um, Lord, thank you for bringing us all here. Lord, I am so expectant to what you're going to do in the rest of these meetings. What you spoke to us right now about the harmony of heaven coming to the earth, 
Father, I thank you that you're doing that in our lives and we fully embrace what you're speaking to us. And that sensitivity that we need in the spirit where maybe we have got so used to the routine of things and we let the process of getting somewhere become the end destination. Lord, let us see beyond what we're going through and see that destination, see that harmony of heaven coming into our lives in every area. Thank you that your grace is here right now being imparted to these people, to, to me, to us, Lord, to do this and accomplish it, Lord. We just speak the harmony of heaven over every life, every ministry, every situation, Father, in Jesus' name. Father God, we're so thankful that you so loved us that you sent your son. <clears throat> Unconditional love. You didn't require anything from us. You came and you poured yourself upon us through your son, this unconditional love. You've received us out of love. You've birthed us out of this love. You grow us into this love. The love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. The same kind of love that you have, we have. We've been made partakers of the divine nature. We're a loved child of a loved God, of unconditional love. So it's from that position we now love. Yes. We love you. We, we love ourselves. We love others. There's some of you that you have difficulty in loving yourself. You can't love somebody else until you know how to love yourself the way that God loves you. So through our lives and by his love and his grace and his goodness, we extend and we flow love to the generation in which we're called to serve. May each one of our hearts and lives be marked by this unconditional love for God so loved us that we're loved and we love through him, by him, for him and release goodness to our generation. Amen. Everybody stretch your hands out towards Fred. <laughs> Lord, we receive the fullness of Fred's gift tonight as he ministers. Lord, I thank you that it's just an easy, sweet time in the Holy Spirit that the fullness of his gift comes forth unhindered tonight, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you that every block is down. There's a connection with our hearts and his heart and your heart to receive tonight, God, in Jesus' name. Amen.